From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Emily Arnson. This is your news for Tuesday, September 5th. Law enforcement in Jackson, Wyoming, is continuing to investigate a rise of suspected summer drink spikings. And bars are wrestling with how to curb the alleged assaults. For KHOL, Tyler Pratt reports. The town has been abuzz since police announced two weeks ago that people going out should be careful. Local online group messages have been full of warnings, primarily for women to be safe and watch their drinks. Some are sharing stories about suspected spikings that have happened to friends. Others have pointed fingers to certain local establishments. Allison Sperry, who also works with KHOL, is a bartender at the Stagecoach in Wilson. She says safety is important to bar staff, but it can be tough to keep an eye on everyone. Certainly I can cut people off, but I have no idea what else they've put into their bodies and what else they've consumed before they came in my door. And while my head is always on a swivel looking around, I can't see everything. Adrian Croke with local nonprofit The Community Safety Network says bystander intervention from bar patrons who may see somebody acting strange or uncomfortable can help. Being aware of people's body language and what their eyes are doing can say a lot. That could look like a body limp on the dance floor, like that could look like someone being sort of dragged or led from one place to the next. And just sort of having in the safe bars training, we call them empty eyes. If someone doesn't have those things, but one person involved does, then that's a red flag. KHOL reached out to several local establishments. The manager of the stagecoach says they now have coasters available that can help detect some drugs and drinks, and staff have taken bar safety courses. The owner of the Rose said they are actively not letting people leave their drinks unattended and have heightened security to look for possible predators. That was Tyler Pratt of KHOL. For years, some Navajo Nation elected officials have been working to repeal parts of the Diné Marriage Act that prohibits legal recognition of same-sex marriages. Now, advocates are reviving the effort. But as KSUT and KSJD's Clark Adamitis reports, a committee hearing this week showed some enduring resistance to this change. On Monday, at a meeting of the Law and Order Committee of the Navajo Nation Council, Eugenia Charles Newton made a motion to pass legislation that will legalize same-sex marriage. At the time, committee member Nathan Nota was holding the gavel. The motion is made by Delegate Charles Newton. Is there a second? Nota waited for an awkward 10 seconds for another committee member to support the motion. Seeing that there is no second, the motion fails or dies. I knew that there wasn't going to be a second. I already knew ahead of time, though it wasn't really a surprise for me. I know that this legislation is controversial. Eugenia Charles Newton represents Shiprock and is co-sponsoring the bill. The LGBTQTI community, they have rights. They have rights as human people. And as long as we do not recognize the LGBTQTI community, we're not recognizing those rights. Because of the parliamentary rules of the Navajo Nation Council, this legislation doesn't die in committee like it would in the U.S. Congress. So it still might come to a full vote in the coming months. But Monday's committee meeting does underscore the challenges that same-sex marriage legislation faces among Navajo elected officials. It's going to be a long, lengthy debate of you know how we're going to vote on this issue. You know, my colleagues have come to me to say, yeah, I'm still on the fence on this issue. 
the legislation moves next to the Tribal Council's Budget and Finance Committee. That committee meets sometime in September. I'm Clark Adamitis. Fire departments throughout the Western Slope are finding ways to keep up with mounting fire danger. One of these new tools is called Pano AI. It's artificial intelligence designed to spot small fires before they become a serious problem. Carbondale and Rural Fire Protection District now has access to this technology, along with Pitkin County Fire and Glenwood Springs Fire Department. KDNK's Haddison Rensbury spoke with Deputy Chief of Operations Mike Wagner about how the new software works. Pano AI is a couple cameras that are installed upon radio towers here in the Crystal Valley. We actually have a few up valley in Pickin County. Holy Cross has paid for one to be up on Sunlight Mountain. So it's the cameras, but then it obviously takes with the name AI, artificial intelligence, that is used for early detections of wildfires. What it does is it scans the sky 360 degrees. There's actually two cameras, one on each end of the tower. And then what it does is it detects also helps verify and classify in real time various smoke alerts. So what will happen is um, say there's a lightning strike out in the woods and then uh, lights a tree on fire, Pano AI scanning the, the horizon and then it'll see the smoke rise up. It will set out an alert to augment the AI. It will also go to a person to look at it. And once it's verified that it could be a smoke or a fire, we will get an alert at the fire department on our phones, and then we will look at that, and then we can send a crew out to check it out and see what's going on. So this sounds like something that would get a handle on fires before they become big enough that people would be calling you with concerns about smoke. If we can keep a spire small, that's extremely important because the bigger they get, the harder they are to put out. And that's actually one motto that we actually have at Carbondale Fire in the summer is to keep small fires small, but this panel AI will help augment our summer programs. We are a leader in this in the state of Colorado to actually send out what we call initial attack patrols or severity patrols. So in the summertime, some of our residents here in Garfield County, specifically in Carbondale, in Missouri Heights and up towards Marble, will notice we have trucks driving around in the summer and their, their main responsibility is to keep small fires small. So we will track lightning strikes, we'll scan the horizon, and then if dispatch sends something out as well, that there's a potential wildland fire, our patrols are already in the truck, they're out and about, and then they will get out and uh, help keep small fires small. It sounds like Pano AI and those patrols are quite the investment. Do you want to talk a little bit about that investment and how you justify that? Yes. We constantly at the fire department are always looking at new technologies, whether it's simple stuff like hoses or nozzles or fire trucks. And we're always weighing the pros and cons of what we can do, what we can't do. But the camera is actually helps augment uh, our summer AI program, which we hire some seasonal hires in the summer, which are usually volunteers that have been with us for a while. And then this panel came around, but they are expensive, extremely expensive, actually. So they're roughly between $40,000 to $50,000 per year per site. So that's something that we got away with our taxpayers' money. Is this really worth it? Is it not? And we are excited about it. We've been on the fence, but we were actually extremely happy this year that the uh, new owners of the Redstone Castle um, decided to fund the program this year. And then if the program goes well and we find benefit over the next few years, which I can't say that we probably won't see a benefit, he is uh, willing to pay upwards of five years to uh, continue the program. Very exciting. But basically we get an alert, a text message, and then uh, we go ahead and pull it up. 
It has really high resolution cameras that pick it up and it'll show us exactly where the smoke's at. If another camera in the area gets it at the same time, it will triangulate the location so we can actually pinpoint exactly where it's at. It will also overlay onto a topographic map in the direction that the smoke's coming up so we can take a look at it. Let's talk a little bit about the installation timeline on the one up the crystal. You said that the one over on Sunlight is already installed, already fully capable. We have a helicopter coming. The tower up on Elephant Mountain, which is basically halfway up the crystal between Carbondale and Redstone, there's a communication tower that has a great sight line of pretty much the whole Crystal Valley. So Picking County Telecommunications owns the tower. They've been gracious enough to grant Pano AI access. So we got a helicopter to pick up the team from Pano and then actually pick up some Picking County Telecommunications people to fly up to the site and install the camera. What's it like as someone who serves the community to have community entities like Holy Cross and the Redstone Castle who directly benefit from the tourism and the economy also making efforts to support your work to protect those communities. It's great. We're all in this together. As we know, and we've seen over, say, the last decade or so, that fires just become bigger, stronger, faster moving. So to have other people involved is awesome because, again, we're, we're in this together. Whether it's a homeowner, the fire department, business owners, the more we can all band together to help out is wonderful. Over the last year or so, we started what's called the Roaring Fork Valley Wildfire Collaborative between all the different entities in the valley to work on wildfire mitigation. Just kind of like another tool to help even that out as far as, you know, what we can do as a community to lessen the risk of wildfires. Is there anything else you'd like to share about this process or about the experience of getting these new tools? I would just, again, love to say gratitude towards Stefan, the owner of the Redstone Castle, and his crew for uh, supporting this. I know he's really big in community support and is really excited to you know, help out the communities he can as the new owner of the Redstone Castle. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for you, Mike. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. it too. Take care. That was Mike Wagner, Deputy Chief of Operations of Carbondale and Rural Fire Protection District, speaking with KDNK's Haddison Ransbury. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, September 5th. Get your community-powered journalism weekdays on the airwaves at noon and 6 p.m. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.